Why is the shopping cart always in the top right of the screen? How do companies predict my purchases? Why do prices end in nine? Why do fast food companies use red and yellow in their logos? Why do restaurants always have one expensive menu item? Researchers, marketers, and very curious people seek the answers for how we make decisions and how we choose products. Clicksuasion finds the secrets that companies use and shares them with you. Why do I feel better when I bought the last remaining airline ticket? How do I make choices based on colors and fonts? Welcome back to the Clicksuasion podcast. This is Katana Lumlin in Pinehurst, North Carolina. Today, Katie Fromneck will talk about the urge to splurge, better known as the phenomenon of revenge spending. Katie is a mother of two and an avid coffee drinker. She specializes in project management and marketing and enjoys new places and food with her husband and boys. Without further ado, here's Katie Fromnet. Have you ever been in an argument with your spouse and you've gone out and bought something that they were not on board with? Say, for example, you went and got a cat when they specifically told you not to get a cat. Anyone else? Just me? Okay, well... That is not revenge spending. I'm Katie Fromnecht. I'm the marketing consultant here at the lab. That's what I thought revenge spending was the first time I heard the term, but it turns out that's not it at all. I'm gonna be going over what revenge spending actually is and how your brand might be able to capitalize on it as people begin returning to their normal activities post COVID. Revenge spending, is not buying a cat against your spouse's will, but it's what happens when consumers are willing to spend more money than they normally would to make up for lost time or experiences. Many brands have seen a decrease in sales during this pandemic, but consumers are likely to increase their spending as pandemic-related restrictions ease, which gives brands a unique opportunity to capitalize on that increase in spending and bounce back to pre-pandemic sales levels. A lot of buyers are going to have fear of missing out on anything else. They're gonna have FOMO, which is going to lead to this irresistible urge to splurge. Brands can use marketing tactics such as scarcity marketing to capitalize on this increase. Let's look back on how COVID has changed our lives. Life today looks a lot different than it did back in 2019, when Corona brought to mind limes and day drinking on the beach. Three million people have passed away. Many people have had to cancel their travel plans. They're no longer eating out in restaurants or going to bars. A lot of Americans have switched to working from home. Many people are socially distancing from friends and family members, and there's been a general heightened state of anxiety for almost everyone. It's been a year full of drastic change and loss after loss, but there's an end in sight, finally. A return to some sort of normalcy is on the horizon. With this return to normalcy comes the return of spending. As we just discussed, a lot of people have not been able to go out to bars or restaurants or do a lot of the activities that they really enjoy. And as, as pandemic-related restrictions are eased throughout the country, and as the vaccine becomes more widely available, people are going to jump back into those activities with a vengeance. 
This gives brands that offer in-person experiences a unique chance to capitalize. Um, experiences can range from anything like sporting events or going to the movies to meeting dinner for friends or wandering through a store. Traveling is a big experience. Anything that might have been difficult for someone to do over this past year or anything that they might have perceived as having lost out on. We've mentioned loss a couple of times so far. It's the biggest driver behind this consumer revenge spending. If you don't know what loss aversion is, it's people's tendency to avoid losses even more than they like acquiring gains. That means that it's better to not lose $20 than it is to find $20. Or you would rather not drop a bottle of wine that you already own then you would like to be gifted a bottle that's more expensive. People like what they already have. They have an attachment to it, so they would almost certainly rather keep it than get something new. Consumers not being able to do some of their favorite activities over this past year, almost year and a half now, um, has created a sense of buyer FOMO, fear of missing out. Consumers have been forced to experience loss after loss during COVID. The loss of jobs, loss of family members, loss of normal social activities, social gatherings. This has increased their loss aversion, meaning people are going to be more loss averse now than they would have been before COVID. They're going to be more resistant to missing out on anything else since they have experienced so many losses already during this last year. Scarcity marketing is a great tactic to use since it naturally capitalizes on buyer FOMO. You probably come into, scare, come into contact with scarcity marketing several times every day. You've probably even used it in your own marketing strategy without realizing it. Um, online retailers such as Amazon often have a number of how many products are left in stock. Amazon usually says only two left in stock right above that buy now button. It's very effective because it puts pressure on buyers. They are afraid of not getting something that they think others will have. They are afraid of missing out. So they're likely to purchase. Why does it work? Scarcity increases desirability in products. It creates exclusivity, it adds value, and it creates a sense of power for the owner. Exclusivity means that something is unavailable to everyone, which means that consumers want it because it's hard to get. This could be VIP lounges in bars or airports, first class in an airplane. It's, it's harder to get into so people really want it and they're willing to pay more for it, which leads us to value. Value is basic supply and demand. Um, the more people that seem to want a product, the higher the value. When the perceived demand outweighs the supply, the price goes up. Scarcity can also increase a sense of power in the consumer. 
it can make people more satisfied with their purchase and it can make them more likely to purchase again because they've been able to get something that isn't available to everyone else. So how can you use scarcity in your marketing? For starters, watch your wording. Don't say while supplies last, try almost gone. This limits the amount of a product or service available and it blames the consumers for an item being so popular. Limited space available can become nearly sold out or almost sold out. It works because it activates a fear response in consumers. Buyers are afraid of missing out on something that everyone else is doing or that everyone else has. Think about walking through an Ikea. It's an experience in and of itself, right? It's kind of like being in a casino. There's no windows, there's no clocks. It's hard to find an exit. Ikeas are designed so that you have to walk through the showroom imagining all of these products in your house. So let's say you're going through Ikea and you come across this desk that you just love. You write down on your little paper, you know, where to pick it up. And once you get to the warehouse, it's unavailable. But it's not listed as being out of stock. No, it's oversold. Oversold means that everyone else also loves that desk that you love. It means you have great taste. There's a high demand for that product and the customers are to blame. Ikea gets to save brand equity because everyone else has such great taste. This is an excellent example of how, how you word, you know, things like being out of stock or nearly gone can affect your consumers purchasing things. Another scarcity marketing tactic is to give a time limit on sales. Flash sales or this weekend only sale events are great examples. Discounts for only a short time increases buyer FOMO, fear of missing out. The technical term for this is time pressure. The higher the time pressure, the narrower the buyer focus. Let's say that you're laying on your couch one day and you decide that you want a new grill. You're probably going to get out your phone, maybe pull up a couple of articles on the best grills of 2021. You're gonna check out reviews. You might watch a YouTube video or two on the grill. Sometime soon, it's pretty likely that you are going to buy a grill, but when, it, when you do, it's going to be a grill that you know a lot about. This is a low time pressure situation. There's no rush, you have plenty of time to do research. Now let's imagine that you wake up on July 4th to discover that your grill no longer works. In an hour, a party is starting. 50 of your closest friends and family are coming over to your house expecting a barbecue. What are you gonna do? You're gonna rush to the hardware store. <laughs> You're gonna walk into Lowe's for a new grill. Are you gonna do any research? Are you gonna visit multiple stores? Absolutely not. This is a high time pressure situation. Your priorities for this grill are probably going to be, is it in stock and is it pre-assembled? There's 0% chance that you are leaving Home Depot without that grill. Now brands can't typically put that much time pressure on their consumers, but you can add high time pressure by placing a limit on potential savings. 
it's still likely to encourage your employee or your consumers to buy sooner rather than later. They are afraid, afraid of missing out on those perceived savings. Another way to use scarcity marketing is to bring exclusivity to your products. Exclusive events or limited availability services can be a great way to boost sales. You know, for a restaurant, you might want to limit the number of reservations available or create an invite-only event. Um, smaller brands might be able to curate membership through exclusive Facebook groups where you post new arrivals or specials. It's going to increase interest in those that weren't invited or didn't make the cut, and it's going to make those consumers that were included feel special. Costco, Sam's Club, they have memberships. You can't go in into, unless you are a member. People love them. People are willing to spend the money to join those stores just to be able to shop there. You can get a mattress at many other stores, but people will buy a Sam's Club membership to be able to go in and get a mattress there or any other product. Let's say that you're sitting on the beach on a hot day and you want a cold beer. You have a friend that's willing to walk down to the grocery store and buy you one but you need to give them some money and you need to tell them how much you're willing to spend on that beer. The average consumer is willing to spend up to $8 to get a beer from the store. Now let's say that instead of a grocery store, your friend is going to walk down to the fancy resort that's on the beach. Now, how much are you willing to pay for a beer? The average buyer is willing to spend up to $12 for that beer. Why? It's the same brand, it's brewed at the same factory, it was shipped to that beach on the same truck, and you're going to be drinking it on the same beach. But the resort is exclusive, so the perceived value of that beer is higher. We can even add time pressure to the mix. Let's go back to the grocery store. Let's say that you and your friend walk down to that grocery store, but the store is only open for 10 more minutes. There's nowhere else around that you can get a beer. The scarcity of the beer, meaning that there are no other stores in the area, combined with the high time pressure of the store closing in less than 10 minutes, is so cognitively overwhelming for consumers that most people are willing to pay up to $15 for that beer. Again, brands can't typically put that much time pressure on consumers, this was an extreme example, but even mild scarcity tactics can have an effect on consumer perceptions and can make consumers more likely to purchase. It's important not to go overboard with scarcity marketing. Be cautious when you're implementing scarcity tactics don't make everything exclusive or you run the risk of alienating some of your customer base. Don't make it the foundation of your marketing strategy. Use it sparingly. You should use scarcity when your products have a unique value to their service or uh, when your product or service has a unique value or your customers could turn to competitors if they can get what, what you are offering somewhere else. It's important to have a plan 
when it comes to revenge spending because it's already here. We are seeing data that, um, that sales in the retail sector have increased drastically from January and February. Travel has increased as well spring, as spring break has just happened. Um, revenge spending is here. So it's very important to have a plan in place for your brand to capitalize on this in increase in spending as, as consumers get back to those activities that they have enjoyed or that they enjoyed pre-COVID, such as dining out, visiting with friends, traveling. Those in-person experiences are likely to come back soon with a vengeance. So please have a plan in place on how your brand is going to capitalize. So was revenge spending what you thought it was? Were you anything like me thinking that it was buying something against your spouse's will? I'd love to hear about it. Hopefully you found this information useful and I wish all brands and business owners the best of luck as, they, as life opens up again post-COVID. Thank you for joining me. I'm Katie Fromnecht, the marketing consultant here at the lab. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Clicksuasion. Subscribe to the podcast, read our research, and get in touch with us at clicksuasion.com. You can also find us on Twitter with the handle at Clicksuasion.